I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising a Pro. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. Kunal, I know we usually do our predictions at the end of the podcast, but this time I can't wait. So I'm going to start with the predictions. <laughs> so we have the Spanish Grand Prix coming up, which I am so excited about because we will have Max Verstappen racing in a Red Bull racing car. <laughs> so Kunal, what are your predictions for Spain? My predictions for Spain, we'll have two Mercedes cars on the podium. Okay. The guy who clinches pole will probably be on the podium as well. So look out for Lewis Hamilton. But the crucial question, and I believe also at a very crucial juncture, I really think Max Verstappen can possibly challenge for the podium. He's in a Red Bull racing car at the Spanish Grand Prix. The Circuit de Catalonia awards cars with a good aerodynamic profile. And Kunal, he is on a roll. So I absolutely think the odds are in his favor to pull a miracle off in Spain. I'm going to be a little extra optimistic here and ask you, do you think Max Verstappen can win in Spain? <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> well, if Red Bull Racing had a Mercedes engine, he would have probably been in a far better position. And guess what? If he could win in Spain, it would be brilliant for Max, Red Bull and for Formula One. I'm just thinking of all the publicity campaigns Red Bull Racing can do. <laughs> but none that Bernie Ecclestone will run. That guy doesn't like to market anything in the sport. <laughs> I think Max Verstappen is too young for his aspirational target group. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny Kivat did a Maldonado in Russia and we all know the, the outcome of that. I really wonder if he can pull off another Maldonado in Spain this time. So Pastor Maldonado actually won here back in 2012. Unbelievable still, but it'll be even more unbelievable if Danny Kivat does the same thing. <laughs> I'm just imagining what amazing revenge that'll be. Pure, <laughs> sweet, cold revenge, Russian style. <laughs> <laughs> but Kunal, I am so excited about Max Verstappen's uh, Red Bull Racing debut. I can't imagine how excited he must be. So it seems he's actually unable to sleep for the past three nights. <laughs> That's how excited he is. You know, he may not admit, but he's probably consumed too much Red Bull already. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting question that you asked. Can he get to the podium? Can he possibly win a race? And let's, let's keep one thing in mind. It's going to be a big uphill task for Max in Catalonia. Okay. Firstly, the cars are extremely different to drive, okay, uh, right from the engine. Max is used to a Ferrari engine this year. Of course, he raced with the Renault engines last year, but that's going to be a key difference. The other difference, of course, that I can think of is the steering wheel. And, you know, I love the Red Bull Racing steering wheel, and I don't know how the team is already going to adapt it for Max so soon. But, well, who better than Max to try it out? Kunal, this is Max Verstappen's biggest test. We know he has the talent and the skill 
and definitely the fans are like a million people are going to be rooting for him in Spain yes and the biggest test actually for Max could be when he and Kivat sit together in the Thursday media session at the circuit (laughs) the FIA certainly does have a sense of humor (laughs) I am just wondering whether Sebastian Vettel is going to be part of the session as well (laughs) Well, Danny Kivat can take some solace in the fact that he's not the only one with a demotion. So Nelson Piquet Jr., the reigning Formula E champion, he's opted, he's chosen for a demotion canal. So he's off to Formula 3 and he will be racing alongside his brother. And like you said, he's happily chosen this demotion. So he believes that Formula 3 experience will help him in his Formula E title defense. But his former... Formula 1 team, Renault, I don't know where their priorities lie, you know. I read somewhere that they're introducing new trucks for the Formula 1 team. I mean, how about introducing a new engine? (laughs) Kunal, you remember in the last episode, we spoke about how Kevin Magnussen should get a Renault road car. (laughs) I wonder what would happen if they actually gave him a Renault truck instead. (laughs) It would be hilarious. (laughs) I'll tell you what will be more hilarious. So Ron Dennis and the F1 strategy group are somewhat going to go head to head and probably Bernie Ecclestone in particular. So the new engine supply regulations that they've agreed upon for 2017 onwards dictate that there is a right to engine rule for every team, which then puts Honda and McLaren in some sort of a dispute because Uh, You know, Ron Dennis has gone out to the public and said that he has an exclusive agreement with the Japanese manufacturer. Kunal, that's a little bit like McLaren doing social service because they don't want anyone else to be bogged down with the Honda engine like that. (laughs) The, the, The other part of the 2017 regulations, which I find really funny, is that customers can no longer badmouth their suppliers. But it also is in line with... Formula One's motto that customer is never the king. You know, we know that we are the customers after all. (laughs) (laughs) But on that note, we do treat our listeners like royalty, our customers. Lucien, are you listening? (laughs) (laughs) So we've often had this whole discussion going about MotoGP and whether it's well and truly better than Formula One. And well, now Helmut Marco has gone and said that MotoGP is in fact superior. Yes. So they have more teams and more drivers who can win. They have no artificial overtaking. The tickets are cheaper. We have Valentino Rossi. (laughs) Kunal, this is your cue, isn't it? That we're going to have a MotoGP (laughs) podcast next. (laughs) So we saw Sebastian Vettel practicing for his MotoGP debut in Russia. You saw that? Yes. (laughs) It would be so much fun to have him and Fernando Alonso having a go at MotoGP. (laughs) And of course, Lewis Hamilton, he's waiting too. It's actually very funny. So, Vettel and Alonso are unable to have a go in Formula 1. So, it's rather that they go to MotoGP and have a go. Whereas, Hamilton, I don't know if he's having a go at all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a very crucial question. Is MotoGP better than Formula 1? And let me put it this way. How often and how many MotoGP riders have we heard that are wanting to have a go in a Formula 1 car? I mean, this is precisely why MotoGP is cooler. One single statement. And maybe because Formula 1 isn't cooler and all Formula 1 is doing is making money, teams probably want Bernie Ecclestone to be replaced. And, you know, we keep doing this every fourth podcast where a new successor crops up and we claim that we can be better successors to Bernie (laughs) Ecclestone. 
But, you know, I often wonder how easy or difficult is it to actually replace the CEO of Formula One. And uh, it's also probably good to admit that, you know, he's playing a multiple role. And when I say multiple, as in probably multiple times multiple, okay. He's dealing with drivers, teams, the FIA, the politicians, there's media, there's sponsors, there's diplomats. There's, there's Lewis Hamilton tantrums. <laughs> and his engine. There's circuit owners. And well, guess what? There's even Vladimir Putin. Well, I would love to see how Bernie deals with Kim Jong-un. <laughs> or even Donald Trump, for uh, that matter. <laughs> so this is really funny. Pirelli has gone and issued a statement that they aren't hiring Pastor Maldonado. So basically, what I think is that Pastor Maldonado just paid a whole bunch of media people to write about his hire with Pirelli. Or not. Or not. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest faking news story of the year, I think. (laughs) And here's one more really funny story. So the 2017 season is miles away from beginning. And we already have people wiping their hands off this season. (laughs) Kunal, I am worried for us and the sport. So Pirelli aren't ready to take the blame for 2017 in case anything goes wrong. Already. (laughs) The other news about 2017 is that I read somewhere that Toro Rosso is looking to switch to Honda engines. Okay. Which could probably mean that it's a further demotion for Danny Kivat and Carlos Sainz Jr. (laughs) You know, on the note of demotion, I also believe that why shouldn't Christian Horner be demoted for Danny Kivat's misdoings? You know, (laughs) maybe maybe he should be told enough of running Red Bull Racing. Go prove yourself in running Toro Rosso (laughs) again. Because let's admit, Red Bull Racing aren't winning races anyway. The one person who seems to have gotten a raw deal in the Verstappen-Kivat episode is Carlos Sainz. Well, he says that he's patient and he's hoping and waiting for a promotion. Well, I'm not sure what else he can do at this point. But <laughs> yes. <laughs> the question is, can Carlos Sainz ever get that promotion? Well, I think the only way he can do that is if either Verstappen or Ricciardo move to Ferrari next year. Well, that would actually mean that... Ferrari would have a reunion of Vettel and Ricciardo. Okay, that's if Vettel would allow that. Or Ferrari will still have their way and hire a Verstappen. Again, if a Vettel would allow that. The way I actually see this is that Red Bull Racing is turning out to be a feeder team for Ferrari. (laughs) (laughs) But I also wonder, you know, by agreeing to a Red Bull Racing deal, and I'm sure it's a multi-year deal that Verstappen has now agreed upon, Did he actually miss out on a Ferrari drive in his career? Well, he has a long career ahead, Kunal. This is only the beginning. But in this whole equation, my favourite driver, Kimi Raikkonen. Where does that leave him? Well, we've heard he's a good team owner. So maybe something with the Ferrari management in the future. Who knows? Maybe that or maybe he could just be replacing Bernie Ecclestone. And that could be the perfect balance in the Formula 1 equation. (laughs) And Kunal, he would be able to maintain that relationship with Vladimir Putin very well. (laughs) Because the two will bond over, what car? (laughs) It would be like the most talkative being replaced by the one who barely talks. Formula One has always been about the extremes. So why not? (laughs) So Lewis Hamilton has said that he will continue to be in Formula One. If and only if he can win. He's well, not he's winning. not been winning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also wondering if that's some sort of a 
coded below the belt message for Fernando Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton went about riding a motorbike. He did skydiving. And there is now something that he did with karate. And he's trying everything he can to beat Nico Rosberg. So he also went karting against younger drivers in Barbados. <laughs> Could not forget Nico Rosberg. I think Lewis Hamilton has been practicing to take on Max Verstappen on track. <laughs> <laughs> the other team I'd like to talk about is the Haas Formula 1 team. So it's reported they're getting a new rear wing and they're also going to get the upgraded Ferrari engine. Which makes me wonder where on earth are they going to land up on the grid. And more so for Romain Crochaud than Esteban Gutierrez. <laughs> but uh, the, the other interesting piece of news on Haas is that not only are they running dual sponsorship programs with their NASCAR operations, but they're also possibly hinting at running a dual racing program. I don't know what that means yet, but there's a good chance that Romain Grosjean could go and drive in NASCAR this summer. And look at it this way, that Frenchman's career was going nowhere. He pretty much had no drive and now he's got two drives. Wow. But I wonder what Bernie Ecclestone thinks about that. We know he's typically been so possessive of his drivers. Yeah, he's... And letting him letting them drive <laughs> in other series. You know, dis- you know, despite being a category owner, Formula 1 is just so insecure about its own position. <laughs> so, looking forward to this weekend's Spanish Grand Prix, of course, we have one of the oldest races in the world that will be hosted. You know, I think the first Spanish Grand Prix or the first race in Spain was held back in 1913. Wow. Which would then mean that if your wish of seeing Max Verstappen on the podium comes true, it'll see one of the world's oldest races have the youngest Formula 1 podium finisher. The other statistic that I am really kicked about is that the last nine races have been won by nine different drivers. And you know, if this statistic has to continue... Either a Ricciardo or a Verstappen or anyone else need to win this weekend's Grand Prix. Or Valtteri Bottas. Well, Bottas who? (laughs) (laughs) So it seems to be an interesting racing weekend ahead. We have heard that qualifying could be wet and race day could be dry. I just hope that we get to see Max Verstappen doing his magic. I just hope that we get to see Nico Rosberg extend his lead further. If my math is right, if he wins and Hamilton is second, Rosberg will have a 50-point advantage in 2016. And again, I will still say that this is a season he could still lose. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, Le Mans has requested the FIA to not have date clashes with Formula 1 in the future. I'll still go back to my point. I really wonder what is Formula 1 so insecure about. Thank you for tuning in this week. We will see you post the Spanish Grand Prix, hopefully with a trophy in the hands of Max Verstappen.